Cheating on me again, I see, and with David, Dark Tourist loves a good Tickle King farrier. For shame, Em, for shame. Hold on just one minute. I see you're about to cheat on me with a guest appearance on Invalid Argument. You'll be talking about your favourite phalluses. Um, no, that's No, not no, what... sorry, I was misspoke. Phalluses. I always get the plural of that wrong. No, it's a... hang on. Do you think the singular of phalluses is phallus? Yes. Phallus, P-H-A-L-L-U-S. Yep, phallus. A bad argument which either suffers from a logical or material issue. That is, it either fails structurally as an argument or has a premise which most ordinary reasoners should not accept upon further examination. Yes, I think you'll find it's fallacy. That's the singular of fallacies. Well, aren't we getting into that heated debate between whether we use Greek or English endings for loanwords? Well, no, no, because you see, a fallacy is the technical term for a bad argument. A phallus is another name for your penis. Are you sure? I mean, I am a doctor of philosophy, don't you know? Yeah, yes, yes. Phallus means penis, in, in particular in classical terms, an erect penis, a shaft which has grown mighty, engorged, turgid. So you shouldn't describe someone's argument as phallic then? No, the term you would be looking for is fallacious. So hypothetically, you probably shouldn't call your next book Phallic Conspiracy Theories A Close Look. I mean... I'm just asking for a friend. Uh, well, unless you've got some particular genital-based conspiracy theories to cover, no. Okay. Well, I'm not going to have to... Uh, I'm going to end this call. I'm, I, I need to talk to my publisher. I mean, I need to talk to my friend's publisher. I'm beginning to realise they've all beginning to ask for a whole lot of somewhat salacious images, permissions, for a topless Alex Jones. <laughs> Well, I'm glad this didn't turn out to be some kind of cunning linguistics gag. The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Edison. They are Dr. M. Dentith. Was that water I just saw you drink? I am somewhat drunk, so I am drinking water now. Right. The truth comes out. Good, I say. Um, so here we are. It's, it's, it's getting right and chilly here in Auckland, uh, to the extent that I'm wearing a leather jacket, which will doubtless be creaking all the way through this episode and messing up the sound quality, and I could not give less of a shit. This week's episode uh, is, is going to be all internet-y and meme -y. How are your memes, Ian? You up with your memes? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're... they're are they dank? Of, they're kind of bilious. Bilious memes. I, I actually like the, like the sound of that. So uh, before we get into that, yes. So, Ian, you have already been in, in print I guess on the internet, old old David Ferrier had a had a chin wag with you about COVID and that pandemic film and all that sort of stuff. Now I have to say, this is this is not a this is not a slight on David Ferrier, but David Ferrier has one hundred and fifty thousand followers on Twitter, 
had about 10,000 followers on his internet broadcast slash pamphlet slash email newsletter. Guess how many people I got following me after David Farrier's internet pamphlet on conspiracy theories, given those particular numbers? I would guess about 5 billion. Yeah, thinking more like 60 people in total, which goes to indicate that you might have a large number of followers, but they're not necessarily the most active members of society. Right, you heard it here, heard it here first. All of David Ferrier's followers stink. Now, um, now don't, don't, no, 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 Josh, you just, you, yeah. you just tell us how on earth have you got access to internet fame via the Invalid Argument podcast? Yeah, no, for once, I'm the one stepping out on you with some fancy other podcast. Um, no, Invalid Argument, um, which being a, I wouldn't say non-technical user, but sort of semi-technical, quasi-technical, is not is not a, a podcast that I was aware of, given that it's largely concerned with with Java development and and lots of things that are well go well over my head in the technical sense. Uh, but they were doing an episode on technical writing, and in my day job, I'm a technical writer. Uh, so Mark, lovely fellow who runs the podcast, um, said. Hey, you're a, you're a tech writer who I know. Would you like to come and be on our podcast? And I said, yes, and I did. And we recorded it last night, and it should be up any day now. That's invalid argument if you want to hear a bunch of people talking about Java development and technical writing. Now, I'm actually quite curious to know what the intersection between people who like us versus people who like talk about Java actually is. Mm. So, you know, that's actually quite fascinating. Yeah, we'll see if there's any crossover. Who knows? But I made a point of plugging the podcast while I was on there. I said, hey, if you want to hear more of me, come come listen to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. So who knows? Let's see. I could be a viral marketer and not even know it. Well, you know, someone has to be. Hmm. So I think that's our that's our essentially humble bragging out of the way. That's that's where people liked us enough to ask them to ask us to to do stuff with them. Uh, so we should probably get into the main uh, topic of this week's episode, um, which is now the title of this episode that I've written down on our notes is right wing dickery. Um, I'm hoping by the time this goes up, we'll have thought of something perhaps a little more erudite. But uh, but if not, we're going to talk about people more to the rightward end of the political spectrum and how they can be dicks on the internet. And, frankly, what more can you say? Nothing. That's what. All right, let's move on to taking the piss out of writing <clears throat> people. Right, so we're going to be talking about a few things that we have discussed in the past, and then some new things. We've sort of brought brought them all under this umbrella of... Which, I should point out, is due to the fact that Josh knew the term that I kind of didn't know, which was the fact that boogaloo does, mm. has, a, has a meaning outside of people who have kind of watched a particular film from the 80s. Yes, we'll get to the boogaloo in a minute, but just as a, just as a bit of a sort of a recap, we're going to be talking about that... That weird phenomenon of, and, and it, it seems to be unique to the extreme right wing of the, the sort of political spectrum, of using sort of ironic, in-jokey, serious but not serious but serious, meme-laden, um, referenceful 
uh, internet communication that often is a cover for some really particularly nasty, horrible things, but presents itself as a silly, jokey face that is never entirely certain on whether it's joking or whether it's not, and so manages to act as a cover for everything. So we're not going to talk about QAnon much, I don't think, because that's become its whole own thing. Whoa, it is going to come it, up. It's going to come up, but I think we'll, we'll leave that to one side because we've said plenty about QAnon. But I think that the first and possibly best example about it, of course, is a thing we've talked about several times, which is the whole OK hand symbol thing. Um, you probably remember all about this. At one point, um, there was a. It's, uh, people have seen the websites and, and know that you know, this is all sort of documented. It started off on, I think it was 4chan, wasn't it? Of people saying, hey, why don't we pretend that the usual OK hand symbol is actually a white power sign? We can say the three fingers that you stick up are like a W, and when you make the circle with your hand, we can say that's like the circle of a P, and so it's WP, white power. Um, and, and then if we can convince everybody, that it is, then we can all sit back and laugh at them and say, oh, you think what your OK symbol is a white power symbol? Well, look, here's, you know, a million photos of every celebrity and, and left-wing politician and everyone in the world making that symbol. Ha, 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 don't you look stupid? Problem is, of course, then a whole bunch of people who very definitely were white supremacists started using it deliberately to show that they were in on this white supremacist in-joke and before you know it, the OK symbol almost sort of a little bit kind of is now a symbol that white supremacists use to identify themselves as white supremacists. And it's kind of a little bit of white power symbol. Yeah, so this is a classic case of, all right, let's make a joke against the libs by doing symbol X, by using symbol X to troll the libs. But of course, the whole point is when you're trolling the libs, you are kind of making a claim against liberal politics. And then people who don't like the libs go, oh, that's a really, really solid idea. We'll also do it as well. At which point the people who are tro trolling the libs are going, no, 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 that was meant to be a joke against the libs. Don't use it seriously. And the people who are actually going, no, we want to actually make fun of the libs are going, no, we're going to use it seriously after all. And then suddenly you find out that the joke you had against the libs isn't so much a joke against the libs, it's now actually literally a white supremacist symbol. And that's mm. the whole thing about the white supremacist symbol. There's a whole bunch of people who are going the okay hand gesture. And I realize for those of you who don't watch the podcast as a video, are going... What on earth are they doing? Just pretend I'm doing an OK symbol to camera now. You've got your little O. You've got your three fingers up there. The three fingers are your W. The O is the rounded part of the P in white power. Because, oh, OK symbol means white power. Well, we all now know what happens when you do an OK symbol in front of camera. And there, were, I mean, there was also the other one. There was the variation, which was sort of um, holding the tip of your index finger with the sort of thumb and index finger of the other hand. So you sort of had a, a stick and, a, and an O, which again was meant to be sort of a P. And then I don't know, because that was the one supposedly I'm actually Steve trying Miller. to do, do that now. Okay, so, so, so we're using thumb yeah, yeah. And, which, and which... Thumb and index finger on index. one hand finger yeah so you've got making an o in one hand and then you grab the index finger of your other hand yep. 
with the fingers of your first hand. With the first hand? If, if, if you look up at the screen, uh, I am actually right, so going right, right, to show so you I'm, yeah. a, I'm a now alt-tab because I'm actually not. I'm actually oh, I see. So show me okay. again, Josh. Show me how you're doing. Yep. That one there. All right. Now, you also have to make noise yeah. because the whole thing about this is when we're recording, we can't use a gallery view. We can only use a visual view. So only when you make noise can I see you being a white Oh, I see. So I have to actually be talking in just yeah. the same time. All right. Uh, Wonders of modern technology. Anyway, the point right, is. So the point that's is. kind of disturbing. Why are you doing it? Uh, it's because that was another one that was supposedly this coded reference. And this one was less about making fun of people and more about secret symbols um, for people to use. But that was the one you may recall some time ago, Steve Miller, a fellow in Trump's organization. I couldn't remember what he does. A person um, who looks like an absolute white supremacist. He really does. He does. Was, there was a shop that where he seemed to be doing that, but it really, that one did seem to be a bit of a beat up. It, looked, it did really just seem he was buttoning his shirt jacket and that one photograph just happened to catch his hands and that one slightly suspicious looking symbol. But then there was the other time, do you remember there was a time when someone, uh, there was a secret service guy, I assume in Trump's detail, and he was holding his arm very stiffly. And for some reason, the internet decided that he actually, it was a fake arm and he was actually carrying some sort of big gun under his coat with a fake arm over top. I recall this particular claim, yes. Which seemed very, very silly. But the thing that struck me, which people didn't really seem to point about, is that as he was holding his arm very awkwardly, he did have one finger out and did appear to be clasping that finger with the with with the the thumb and forefingers of the hand in quite a weird, slightly unnatural looking position, and this was on video, so he clearly was holding that gesture for quite some time. Never really came up. But then, of course, there was Zena Bash. Ah, yes, the, the excellently named Zena Bash, previously employed assistant to now Supreme Court Justice Brent Kavanaugh. Now, of course, we've talked about Brent Kavanaugh as a political candidate with respect to the Supreme Court in this podcast in the past. And the, let's just say, ever so slightly interesting way in which he became a Supreme Court mm. justice. But Zena Bash was a former assistant to Brent Kavanaugh, who during the hearings to assess whether Brent Kavanaugh should be the kind of person who should become a Supreme Court Justice, was caught on camera not once, but twice, using the OK symbol on camera whilst the hearings were going on. And wasn't it, um, didn't you see, she, she got, like, got a message on her phone or something, didn't she? I, th I think you could see there was some sort of prompt, like someone had obviously said, hey, hey, do the symbol. Well, you, you, I can see you on camera. Do the symbol now. It'll be hilarious or something. I think you could see she was obviously thought it was a funny joke and was responding to someone egging her on. Um, and again, yeah, but that, that, was, that was blatant. That was very definitely that symbol. She sort of did it kind of against her arm um, in full view of the camera. And so it started to be, okay, you're doing it to piss people off, and it's it's obviously being done in a jokey way, but it's very clearly symbolising something which is um, not at all a joke. Which perhaps brings us to some of the other ones. Oh, oh Pepe the Frog, the bloody it's a silly, dumbass-looking frog cartoon. So it's all very silly and jokey, but it's being used as the symbol by a bunch of people with with very unsavoury beliefs indeed. Well, yeah, and poor old Pepe the Frog, because Pepe the Frog. 
basically didn't start out as a white supremacist symbol, but unfortunately got co-opted by people on 8chan to become a white supremacist symbol. There are people who quite like Pepe the Frog going, this is just a little wee bit awkward. We quite, kind of quite like our crudely drawn frog mastermind. And yet now apparently it's a white supremacist symbol. Bugger. That's and its original nice. artist, I remember the original artist did complain, although I wasn't clear, did he complain sort of early on or did he only start to get annoyed about it when people were sort of making money off of his symbol by printing it on T-shirts and all that sort oh, of stuff? So, I mean, so basically he complained early on and then complained particularly when people were making money off of a what was meant to be a quite innocuous frog image. Hmm. And then, okay, now... I may be misremembering this. I might be even wrong, you're not, but, the, but let's I'm continue. Not, okay. The whole pizza Pizzagate thing. I have I have recollections of the the thing that originally set Pizzagate off was people just kind of shooting the shit on 4chan or 8chan or one of them. Is it, so is it, because it turned into something really serious, but I'm pretty sure it just started off with people after the DNC, DNC email hack, these leaked emails with people talking about going for pizza and wanting CP, meaning cheese pizza, although CP, I understand, is used as uh, used to stand for child pornography on the likes of 4chan and those less savoury places. So this is, hey, hey what, what, what if when they say CP, obviously in the context of ordering pizza, they actually mean child pornography and the whole email is a coded reference to... To, to child sex slave business being run out of the basement of a pizza place that doesn't have a basement. Did it actually start as silly as that? I mean, yes and no. So, I mean, there were all, there were people from the beginning who went, oh, there's something weird about this whole Pizzagate thing. We need to investigate. And other people going, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious? And unfortunately, it turns out that both kind of Coincided at the same time to lead into the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. So, yes, it's true. Some people did start out with, isn't hilarious, CP, child pornography, or, cha- or Charles Pizza. Child Pizza. I don't even know what a Charles Pizza is, but it's filled with Cromwell goodness. So, yes, here are a whole bunch of people who went, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stuck with Charles Pizza here. A whole bunch of people mm. are going, child pizza and... Oh, child pornography. So, there you go. Child pornography and cheese pizza? I have completely lost the plot, plot here. I'm going with Cromwell Pizza and Charles Pizza. And I have no idea how anyone came up with the conspiracy theory about Cromwell Pizza and Charles Pizza. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, All Cromwell I can think Pizza of now... is just the worst pizza you can possibly imagine. And Charles Pizza is some kind of Brooklyn Nine-Nine fanfic. Anyway, whatever the case is, people who took that Child pornography and cheese pizza were synonymous with going, oh, oh, isn't it kind of fascinating that the Democrats are talking about this pizza-related thing, but it was very much an in-joke until people started taking it seriously. Yeah, so we have the phenomenon of... Cromwell pizza! 
Crawford, yeah, the Charles Pizza. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on for some reason the phrase. No, call me Charles Pizza. Mister Pizza was my father. I don't know something. For, something for a, well, a future. Cromwell Pizza is the kind of pizza that a proper republic would express. But unfortunately, Charles the First Pizza is the reason why we don't accept a proper republican pizza in the British system. Hmm. So we have this weird sort of mixture of things that are intended as jokes which sort of become serious in spite of themselves, things which are intended as jokes that people take seriously and and develop from there. We sort of, we, we have things that are always jokes, but jokes that specifically are sort of in-jokes to identify people as belonging to these particular in-groups. Now, you are in the unfortunate position of being one of the people who've actually yeah, read the manifesto. Yep of the Christchurch shooter and or then least, I sorry, given I should point out legitimately have read the legitimately manifesto. read it, so yes. I have you, the you legal are... permission to say that I have yeah. read the manifesto and can pass comment upon it. And mm. yeah, the manifesto of the terrorists who committed the Christchurch shootings back in March of last year is filled with meme in jokes. And in part the whole rationale behind the manifesto is to hide the right-wing politics behind those meme in-jokes. Mm. And the latest of which now appears to be The Boogaloo. So this came now, up see, on... I, I saw that film in Romania back in 2018. I have to say, even though I really quite like the actors who are in it, just wasn't quite the film I thought it was going to be. No, we are, of course, talking about the film Breakin 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, 1984. No, actually, no, we are, we're yeah. not talking about that film at all. Uh, but because it sure, wasn't very good. Yes, I mean, that film does not include Gabriel Byrne? No, as far as I know. At any rate, so this, this came up, apparently, I think this was, this was closer to the end of last year, uh, the Network Contagion Research Institute. This does not sound uh, like a real organisation at all. Uh, apparently it is. Um, who look at network uh, contagion. They're talking about um, contagion, con contagious things in a, in, in a digital sense. Um, they released a paper with the, a report with the catchy title Cyber swarming, mimetic warfare, and viral insurgency. How domestic militants organize on memes to incite violent insurrection and terror against government and law enforcement. Number one bestseller with that title. Um, and then the, the NCRI. The NCRI, yeah. And in this report, they talk about the sorts of stuff we've just been talking about now, the fact that people are organizing online um, sort of white supremacist types are organizing with at least the, the, the dream of some sort of armed insurrection, um, of, of uh, organizing real-world acts of violence, but they do so in a way that's, that's cloaked under memes and in-jokes and obscure references that only the people who are actually talking about it will get fully. So in particular, 
the, the boogaloo is used as a code word for this this civil war. We've talked in the past about the um, accelerationist style of people who think that some sort of a civil war, either a race war or war between sort of left and right, right political factions, is inevitable and actually are looking to spark this war by performing acts of violence that they think is going to kick things off. They usually, you know, it'll be sort of plans to attack police officers or something like that. The, the, the sort of the vaguely sort of false flaggy thing, actually, to attack symbols that are kind of on their side in order to promote a backlash, which they then have an excuse of waging war and that sort of thing. And so this is um, the, the, this sort of civil war that these accelerationists want to accelerate is in some circles being referred to as the boogaloo. And I assume they don't explicitly state it in the, um, in the report, but they say it's a reference to break into electric boogaloo. And it's long been a... There's, there's, there's long been a joke no, of no, any don't, time don't, wants I to... Stop here. Have you ever watched the film that Electric Boogaloo number two is actually a sequel to? I've seen neither Breakin' nor Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo, I'm afraid. So I'd say I've only seen the first film, but I have high hopes for the second film. Well, apparently the main complaint with the second one is that it's too much like the first one and doesn't do anything different. Given that the first I, film is not very good, I can see why that's a major complaint. Yeah. 1984, I do. I have memories as a child, so this would have been the mid-'80s, of I think probably renting a movie on VCR and seeing for it the trailer of a film which called itself Break Into Electric Boogaloo and having no idea what the hell I was watching. I remember those days when you used to rent films and see Renting. ads for other films? Yeah. What's worse, though, is when you bloody buy DVDs and they have ads for other films on the front of them. But anyway, another issue entirely. So I'm assuming this all started as a joke, talking about this. there's going to be a new Civil War, so it's going to be Civil War II, Electric Boogaloo. Um, I, I, I'm assuming that's the level of humour that um, I also that assume, given the discourse we're about to engage in, that's as far as the joke ever got as well. Yeah, but um, so this this became the code word, and so it's it's sort of popping up, and then it's sort of as happens on the internet, um, the it 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 uh, mutates, and some members of the electric boogaloo or the the boogaloo refer to themselves as the Bujahideen. Do you see? Because they're taking like boogaloo and and Mujahideen and sticking those two words I together. I actually don't think they're a part of the same language family and b in any way related. Not at all, no. And then there's it goes even further to talk of igloo. I've heard the phrase "big Hawaiian igloo" is maybe is that meant to be Sorry, a, right, uh, a so mutation? No, 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 right, igloo no, becomes so, big Josh, igloo. Josh, let me let me interject here. So mm. Hawaii, which mm. is a place on Earth which is incredibly tropical, right to the point mm. where it's actually almost equatorial given its location very very close to the equator the idea that hawaiian terms might in any way be kind of wintry terms doesn't really make sense with the geospatial location of where hawaii is i mean well, no. Count me as someone who is concerned about where things are on the planet Earth, but that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, I don't think they ever claimed that it does make sense. It's just, but you, you, you will see the phrase igloo coming up in relation to it, and and stuff to do with with Hawaii. Also, I'm reminded of um, 
the you know where the term Rick rolling came from? I'm assuming Rick and Morty. No, oh, it's much much older. It's older than Rick and Morty. It was is apparently it, the origin. Is it, yeah, is it Babylon Five? No, it's it's actually it, it came from Four Chan. Is it is it like Four Chan again? No, uh, is it apparently is it the is it the signing of the Treaty of Westphalia? No. Uh, are you can, sure? Can, can I say what no, it no. actually is? Are was? you sure it's not a Nicene Creed point? Quite different. Uh, uh, no, no, no. All right, 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 right. Maybe, maybe it's due to issues back in pre-Athenian Greece. Maybe it's a kind of Polybius-related issue. No, it's actually completely irrelevant to the topic of our discussion, but I thought it was an interesting side note. Ah, really? That it started off started off on 4chan, where well, the, the, the dude who runs 4chan, I can't remember his 4chan, name. 4chan, the organization set up by Marcus Antonius. Let's say yes. Okay. Uh, at one point, put a as, as a little prank, put a, a, a sort of had a, had a thing Antonius running on the site. Marcus Antonius pranks. Mm. So that any time somebody typed the word egg when it showed up on the on this site it would be replaced with duck and people thought it was funny when talking about uh, getting chinese food and having an egg roll this became a duck roll and then somebody put up a like a photo of a little toy duck on wheels and saying ha oh, this is a duck roll and then people started linking tricking people to click on a link to an image and then they'd actually have the image of the duck roll and then somebody thought instead of duck roll, Rick roll, and had links to videos, which was became the Rick roll that we know and love. Uh, or, the only reason I bring this up is just sort of to say we can see how quickly things mutate and get weird when they get when 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 memes start popping up and mutating. So it, it, it's understandable that we go from a joke, Civil War Two electric boogaloo to boogaloo to igloo to Hawaii to all sorts of crap. Um, and so. The NCI, um, NCIS, the NC, NCIS, not quite NCRI. Really? So you, you're not saying it's not a Mark Carmen produced TV show about people solving crimes, about Marines solving the crimes of Marines who are already dead? Uh, if only, if only it were that. But unfortunately, NCRI, we were able to sort of do do some sort of. That, that weird social media analysis that you always see these days that comes up with funny blobby looking graphs that show stuff spreading all over the place. So they trace the origin of the term boogaloo to 4chan, once again, to, to the, the poll board where people are apparently very racist and hateful. And uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, so, so Josh, you're saying that white supremacists are hateful. They can be, unfortunately. I'm sorry to burst your bubble in. See, I, I kind of feel you should have actually gone wholehearted with the yes, yes, they are, because it sounds like you're being apologetic towards people who are white supremacists. Uh, well, I'm very definitely not doing that. Well, I mean, why didn't you then chastise them when I asked you the question? I've actually completely lost the train of this. I'm just pointing out saying... that... You appear to be apologetic towards white supremacists. I do not believe that to be the case. Well, I mean, I I just refer to the fact that when you were questioned upon this, you were absolutely blasé about apologising for white supremacists. Right. In my defence, I was barely listening to a word you said. I was just thinking (laughs) about what was going on. In my defence, I was barely listening to a word that you said. Touché, sir. Touché.
Well, we are both very drunk at the moment. No, I think I'm drunk and you have been sober for your entire life. Pretty much. Now, anyway, back to the Boogaloo. The Boogaloo, so apparently it's it showed up on, on the 4chan boards. Associated with phrases like race wars and white power and the horrible murder of race traitors. And Josh is trying to talk through my love song. Am I, or are you singing and making light of race war? No, I'm I'm trying to make a reference to Just a Gigolo, the Tony Slattery sitcom that you and I both love, even though we've only ever watched one season of because it only lasted and one, one season. season and probably wouldn't want to rewatch it now because it's probably actually quite awful in retrospect, but at the same time... Well, it is from the 90s, so it's like... Tony Slattery so. sitcom, we both have deep, deep feelings towards mm. just a gigolo everywhere I go. Tony Slattery is our master, etc., etc. Okay. Let's just power through this stuff so we can get out. We can get the horrible race war, hateful white power shit and out. And so of the I way, can finally make then, my claim about why drinking milk makes you a white supremacist. Yes, let's do exactly that. So the point is the Boogaloo, um, it's been showing up in real life in the same way that you remember sort of people started suddenly showing up wearing t shirts with a big Q on them and stuff like that at, at right wing rallies. Now people are showing up wearing Hawaiian shirts under their silly cosplay Hold tactical we, vests. We know someone who wears Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, but he's been doing it since since at least the mid nineties. So I think he can claim to for QAnon. Well, I don't know, but people have been been wearing little Pippi the Frog badges, referring to themselves as Boogaloo Boys, and something about igloos and and it's becoming a thing. I would really, really appreciate it if Richard had a entire cohort of people who work in the insurance industry as his. Boogaloo boys. Well, uh, fortunately for all of us, I think that is not the case. But at the same time, the point is, it would be great if he was using that against them to achieve his own ends. I'm not, I'm not saying that Richard is a white supremacist. I'm oh, saying no. Richard is the kind of person who would use white supremacists to advance a progressive cause. I think Richard should have his own Boogaloo boys. Well, we'll be sure to bring it up with them after this podcast. Indeed, that should be the first part of our agenda after this podcast. Hmm. But so this um, this report is is concerned with the fact that um, online you have a lot of people talking about stuff like um, guns and, and ammo loadouts and how to 3D print weapons and how to make explosives and all this stuff preparing for this some sort of apocalyptic civil war that they think is is happen is going to happen and that they can possibly make happen. And they're doing it using silly jokey words like boogaloo and boogaloo boys and Hawaiian shirt wearing stuff. Uh, the quote from the report was um like a virus hiding from the immune system, the use of comical meme language permits the network to organize violence secretly behind a mirage of inside jokes and plausible deniability. And yes, plausible deniability is one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, but it comes up quite strongly all the way back to the OK hand symbol thing. They, they have plausible deniability built in by saying, no, 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 it was all a joke. It's being silly. You're making a fuss out of nothing. And yet, that does not Haven't appear you to be seen what this ridiculous flo- frog looks like? I would say ridiculous flog looks like, but you know, that's a sexual euphemism if anyone ever Probably. heard one. Okay, but but yeah, and it's so, so yes, there's there's 
um, luckily for us, very conspiratorial activity going on, whereby people are planning very nasty things in support of very nasty viewpoints, uh, but doing it in such a jokey way as to try and give themselves deniability or, or just hide what's going on. Like the people uh, which is in all... the US with the, I'm going to go into this local corner store with my rocket launcher on my back. Yeah. Uh, which is all very uh, worrying and depressing. Which I should point so, out, if you're going to wear a, wa- a rocket launcher on your back, you should probably also put a rocket in your rocket launcher, because the whole thing about a rocket launcher is you kind of need a rocket in the rocket launcher. An empty rocket launcher on itself is a completely pointless symbol, because... It's, it's just a tube, Yeah, it's it, basically really? just an expensive mm. tube, which is really, really heavy. Put a rocket launcher mm. in your back so you can be arrested by the police for holding a terribly destructive weapon in a public place. At mm. least hold on to your particularly stupid political point. Exactly. So, to fin- finish off this episode on something a little bit less um, depressing... Oh, it's... Uh, no, more, no, it'll, it'll get very... I depressing. suppose it, is, it yeah. is a little bit depressing, but less um, immediately dangerous. Tell me why drinking milk makes you Hitler. Okay, so, as people may well be aware, if they are listening to this podcast or followers of me, I am vegan. So, I am not the kind of person who consumes dairy products of any particular kind. Now, it turns out that some white supremacists are drinking lots of milk because it turns out that white people are generally better at absorbing lactose, which is actually kind of true. It's kind of true. It does turn out that being white makes you better at taking in particular proteins and fats from lactose. Because it turns out that lactose intolerance is something which is quite common to people who are non-Western, who have a non-dairy-related diet. But that's not really quite a great achievement, is it, Josh? Not something to really be proud of, no. Um, And indeed, lactose intolerant, like, we in the West refer to lactose intolerance. Um, But really, biologically speaking... We're supposed we, we we we're supposed to drink milk as infants, and then our body's lactose intolerance happens because our bodies mature and don't need milk yeah. anymore, and we stop being able to produce it. So, so, being able to drink lactose is kind of a is is kind of a sort of evolutionary retardation. Yeah, I you might say that actually lactose tolerance is actually the really really unusual thing for the human race in general, mm. which is why. I will make the claim, and I will sit here, resolute in the belief of this, that if you drink milk, you are a white supremacist. Fair enough. But at the end of the day, it's just biology. No, 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 Um, Josh, it's even worse. If you drink milk, you love Hitler. Because if you are the kind of person who drinks milk, you are someone who is lactose tolerant. White supremacists love people who are lactose tolerant, because that shows them that they are properly white and able to make use of their genetic superiority. The kind of people who believe in genetic superiority are the kind of people who think that Hitler was right. So if you like drinking milk, you like your yogurt, you like your ice cream, you like putting your ice cream on your breakfast cereal because you're some kind of freak, you love Hitler, 
you're a white supremacist. If you drink milk, you love Hitler. You heard it hmm. here first, folks. Fair if enough. If you like milk, you love Hitler. Josh, do you like milk? I mean, like I, I, I do, I do drink milk from time to time, but not as a symbol of of, of any purported superiority. God, Josh, you're a white supremacist. I, I just knew it. You, you, you put the milk on your cereal. You're a white supremacist. Uh, but I do have to reiterate, we're not actually making it up. There are videos of white supremacist types out there chugging giant bottles of milk and somehow oh, no, no. thinking but that the simple are, fact of biology... There are videos out there of people who say, if you drink soy milk, you're a cuck. Well, there's that as well. Yes, I think there's probably the intersection as well of of soy milk drinking as some sort of weird liberal thing and and... and proper conservative types drink milk and then white conservative types drink the most milk of all because somehow this quirk of biology is taken to to be in some way an indication of a person's worth. Now, I have to ask you, Josh, would you rather be a cuck or a supporter of Hitler? Well, I mean, if those are the two options... And they then, are the then, only yes, two I would, options. I would go for cuckness, but I fear you've trapped me in some sort of false dichotomy with your you're crafty... Going, you're going to give up drinking milk? I, to, to be honest, actually, I'm finding I, I, I'm getting more lactose intolerant as I age. I don't actually have breakfast cereal these days because a whole bowl full of milk actually leaves me feeling a little bit queasy. I'm a toast person. Toast for breakfast. That's me every day. I I I, I feel I don't even know you anymore. Toast but for I breakfast. put butter on my toast and then usually peanut butter as well. You, so you sorry you so, so, so dairy you, is involved. You put, Hitler's spread on your toast before smearing it with the spread of the people. L let's say you're not going to stop until you've actually branded me Hitler reincarnated, are you? I'm, I, I we am just basically waiting end? for you to say Eckbein Third Reich. Right. Um, I don't, I mean, that's not actually German anyway, so. Eckbein Third Reich! Yeah, Eckbein is German. Which I know because I took German in high school, not because I'm the reincarnation of Hitler. Well, I mean, okay. you say that now, right? I think um, I think I think this episode has actually drawn to a close. We've we've reached the usual time limit, so I th I think we, I think it needs to be very clear. The point that we end this episode on is the fact that I'm not the reincarnation of Hitler. But you are. I've Hit never said you I are am. Hitler sympathetic. I don't like Hitler, but you are willing. Like you milk. are willing to sup at Hitler's milky teat. I'm just going to say yes so we can bring this to a close. You heard it here, folks. Joss likes to sip at Hitler's milky teat. I can't believe we actually got to this particular point in, in history. This is actually quite terrible. Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you next well, time. Well, no, you know, we're, this is the whole bonus content stuff to talk oh, about. Oh, God, we can, can we... No, uh, no, you've Jesus actually got to talk Christ about the bonus content. You have just admitted to sucking at Hitler's milky teat and the fact that you need to explain what Obamagate is. Yeah, okay, fine. And the bonus content for our patrons, we're going to talk about Obamagate, whatever the hell that is. We're going to talk about people making weird legal challenges in New Zealand. We're going to talk about Michael Flynn. We're going to talk about the police getting up to slightly dodgy stuff in New Zealand and then maybe a little bit of Bill Gates. Can we go now? Can I just say that Have people, you established people really love talking about Bill Gates, but no one wants to talk about Peter Thiel. No one wants to talk about Peter Thiel. Of course they bloody don't. So 
um, with the fact that I am not Hitler. But you do like reincarnational cloning thereof, ringing in your ears. I think we have to bring this new latest episode of the Drunk Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy to a graceful close. There's nothing so graceful as admitting to sucking at Hitler's milky teat. Goodbye. I am so embarrassed by everything I've said. been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mrx dentit which is written researched, recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts mikey fluids and conspiracism December what a night actually I will turn to you momentarily I must go to the bathroom ah you do that you and your bladder honestly one of these days that person is going to have to just ditch this 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 over reliance on um, on physical bodily processes and ascend humanity like the rest of us, quite frankly. I mean, what sort of world are we in where people just stop and relieve themselves of bodily waste just because they happen to need to, just because they have a functioning digestive system and, and kidneys and, and urinary stuff? They feel the need to flaunt it, flaunt it in front of an internet audience of some by declaring to anyone who wants to know that that they're off to go and go and go and indulge in their base physical beastly processes i'm shocked shocked and dismayed the state of the world today i thought i was going to be able to keep talking about stuff until then got back but um i think i'm out of things to say so i'm just going to sit here in silence maybe check my phone Ah, Twitter, always there for me. Oh, that's right, there's the new Charlie Brooker thing, uh, which is um, 9pm tonight British time, which I guess is sometime in the morning tomorrow. You have to watch out for that. Good old, good old Charlie. You know, I've never really, I've never watched a full episode of Black Mirror. Just, um, I, I, I don't need that amount of depressingness, but I, I tend to like everything else Charlie Brooker has had a hand in. I've always liked his wipe features. So now he's put up a special one, um, specifically all about, I guess, this COVID-19 business. Oh, I hear noises. Is that him returning to us? Thoroughly drained. 
thoroughly spent, thoroughly purified, purified of the impurities that they've picked up due to an afternoon of drinking with Nick. Oh, Nick, you, what are you, Mephistophelian figure? Just, just have another drink in. It'll be fine. You'll sober up by the time we start recording the podcast. But secretly, he knows. He knows that what we want, what everybody wants, is the drunkest in possible. Trying to recapture the glory of that fabulous first drunk podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. We're basically community here. Trying, you know, they, they spent the better part of, of sort of five and a half seasons trying to recapture the glory of that first paintballing episode, and they never did. They tried and they tried. They went downhill badly in season three, not season four. Season four wasn't particularly good, but the rot had set in well before. I think you'll, you'll, you'll agree if you go back and look at the old episodes. The, the better half of season three was not particularly great. And then stories diverge about what actually happened. Dan Harmon originally talked about how it was all about the money and... They he got booted off the show because the producers basically had someone who would do it ch cheaper. And then many years later in the whole Me Too thing, he then did one of his usual self-excoriating mea culpa type things and talked about how he had become obsessed with a with one of his workmates or something and messed everything up there and suggested that it was that, that was the reason why he got taken off the show. And quite frankly, I have no idea. All I do know is that after coming back in season five and making a bunch of shitty, snide, gas leak year references to season four, which which did its best, quite frankly, it it it, it, it couldn't really replicate the formula, which was, and that was all it was really trying to do. And but 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 who really could? But at least it was trying to actually make the characters not be assholes anymore. Right. We're... Everybody's back. I am back. There you are. Are you drained? I am. That was. Are you voided? I, I got somewhat delayed by talking with my mother and other related issues. So. Oh, look at you, having having urinary systems and mothers and... It's poetry. true. There's a terrible mm. thing where one has a mother. Mm. Oh. oh, the motherization? I don't know mm. what to make of that. Anyway, all right, let me now... Alt tab into all yep. right. We are into the preamble. Bit of amble, bit of amble, bit of sticking a. Yeah, no, I am. I I'm about to clap in because otherwise, yes, otherwise, editing this will be an awful chore. Mm. Hit me. And this, of course, you choose to leave in all the stuff I was saying while you were out of the room. Yeah. Got into a discussion of community eventually. I, so, I, so the thing is, I may well listen to it and keep some of it. You never mm. actually know. We never know. Right. <clears throat> so, so is, a lot of this is, well, some of this is going to be stuff that we've talked about before. But again, it's another case no, of we've never no, actually no, devoted a whole episode. No, I feel no. we need to talk about the fact that you've been cheating on me. But we, 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 we've been through that. It was, we've been through it, it look, all. It was in the comic intro to the podcast. And yes, once and I realized that many people go, it's been dealt with. Josh, I feel deeply betrayed. You are now appearing in podcasts without me. Now, I know I have appeared in internet broadcasts without you. But the thing is, I am more important than you. You are now striking out on your own 
and appearing in other podcasts. And frankly, I don't know how about how you feel about this, but I feel deeply, deeply betrayed. So tell me what is invalid argument and why you're appearing upon it. Right. This at this point, I do have to ask. You're a little drunk. Have you forgotten that we've already recorded the preamble? I have, but I don't know what invalid argument is. Okay. We, we, we have been over this. Um, you may wish to choose when you're editing no, no, uh, no, look, the podcast. Look, in the, which, which in the, we in the intro, in. we make a joke about it, but yeah. I need you to tell... And then we recorded a pre- no, but, but then we recorded a preamble where we talked about how I'd been on this podcast this Java-based oh, thing, right, talking about so technical writing. That is... We actually did do that. What I and recall then you is... What I, what I recall is we recorded the intro and then I had to go deal with an issue and apparently you talked with a phantom of me and in that phantom you talked no, about invalid argument? No, we recorded an intro and then we recorded a preamble and then you went to the bathroom and now we're here. No, 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 no. You, you know, See, we someone else did. went to the bathroom. You can go oh, back and listen is, to the recording. Right, this is this is actually a bit disturbing, and I feel very, very disconcerted by what's going on here. I just gotta take okay. a sip of water here. In just the most, take my word for I, it. I'm gonna do it in the most, in because we need to keep the fiction up here. In the most, actually, how can I take a a drink of water from this glass and make it sound as if I'm trying to take? All right, so. For those of you listening at home, I'm going to try to make this the most obvious drink of water of all time. Okay. Oh, that's some good hydrating going on there. Well, while Emma's is busy flushing away the toxins uh, accrued from a afternoon of drinking with Nick, that Mephistophelian maniac who knew exactly what he was doing when he said, no, have another drink, in. It'll be fine. He drinks. knew full well that he was teeing up another drunk podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, but that's fine. Oh, so, so many drinks. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, so I'm assuming anyway. you've actually... T- oh, so the thing is, depending on which version of this intro that we actually engage in, which explains what invalid argument is, let's just say mm-hmm. that I don't take the original take. Okay, assuming you don't take the original one, we'll, we'll, we'll recap. Um, this week, uh, a friend of mine, Mark, who is uh, one of the co-hosts of the podcast Great called Invalid Argument, yeah. yes, um, which is a podcast, uh, a very uh, sort of technically-minded one, a little bit over my head, uh, all about Java, the programming language, not the island of Indonesia, um, or the coffee. Uh, was having decided to do an episode about technical writing, and since in my day job I'm a technical writer, um, he thought, hey, there's, there's this person I know who has actual first-hand experience of what we're talking about. So um, I went along there, uh, had a jolly good time, talked a bit about technical writing. I don't think said anything I shouldn't have about the company that I work for, but um, we'll see how that works out. Uh, and, and a good time was had by all. So yes, finally for once, I am the one stepping out on you. Well, except, of course, I podcast. did the whole interview with David Farrier. You did. Yep, yep. No, you still, you you, did, you couldn't let me have my moment in the David sun. David Farrier, who has 150,000 followers on Twitter. David Farrier, yes. who's a newsletter which has 10,000 subscribers. Guess how many 
About 60. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it turns out that David Ferrier's subscribers on social media may not be particularly active. And this is, I mean, this is not a, a slight against David Ferrier. He does absolutely excellent work. It's a slight against his followers who, despite the fact there is, depending on how you measure it, 150,000 or 10,000, whether you go by Twitter followers or subscribers to his newsletter, not even 1%, not even 1% of those people decided to follow me Although afterwards. I do, I, I did actually notice, maybe I should have mentioned it, that on in, in, the, in the newsletter... He had links to your sort of academic page, listing all your all your papers and things you've been in journals and stuff. And then he had a link to the podcast, but I'm pretty sure it just linked back to your academic page again. So possibly it was dodgy linking on his part that didn't send people to your actual social media presence. So you think it's all your... David's fault? I, I think I'm comfortable saying everything's all David's fault. Fair enough. I mean, we may have yeah. funded his film... Tickle. Yeah, to the tune of a good ten dollars each or something. I can't remember how what, what up Kickstarter well, pages you know, were. But I mean basically when you think about it's it, it's, it's collective it's, action. It's, it's basically more than we'll ever earn in a year. Yes. Yes. Yep, no, he can take it on the chin, I'm sure. Precisely. The right. the now, moral of now. the story is I thought I'd get at least ten percent and I got a lot less than ten percent. Yeah, that's the internet for you. Now, speaking of the internet being a horrible place, can we move on now to talk about right-wing dickishness I mean, the on the is, internet? Do we have to? Because it's, it's kind of a horrible topic. Well, it is, but we, we can take the piss as much as we want, though. We, there, there can be mockery and... Okay, fine. If we were, if we're going to take the piss out of people, we must take the piss out of right-wing people. Yes. And so we will. <laughs> 